Welcome back. I know it's been a long time. I will give you an update. But then I will tell you all the things that's happening right now. But we have to get to that. I know we left the bar scene. And all the things that I came across in a few years. But just let me get back to when I turned 18 years old. I was standing on the stage in December. The lights hit me and I danced. I remember going on one of my tangents. I was moving on the stage. There's red and yellow lights coming from the side, a huge spotlight from the top. I don't know what got in me that night. The party was over, the stage was empty, and I was on it, and I began to move. Embarrassment. I went into a temper tantrum, crying and screaming. Wanting attention, wanting someone to love me, to hold me. So they locked me in a room by myself for days. I felt safe all alone. There was me after not putting any drugs in my body for about two weeks. Yet I was frightened, but it felt good. And I knew in my heart that that it was over, that I had found where I belong, and I was with people. I walked in those doors on September 11, 1991. I had on blue bowling shoes. Stefan had burned my hair prior weeks. I don't know if it was a shirt or a blouse that I was wearing, but I had on gold high-waisted pants and I thought I looked good. I felt good. The intake process took a few minutes. Then there was this ex-con who sat on death row who took me to the room where I needed to shower. He watched me as I undressed. And as I undressed, I got down to those underwear that I had on. I don't even think they were men underwear. But I wore them because they were clean. I was ashamed to pull my clothes off in front of him. But he watched and I stared at him, scared to death. He was a counselor. He was the one that said, everything that you know from the street will become positive for you. He was the same man that everyone told me that he had been on death row and that he has been off drugs for years. As he watched me step in the shower, I couldn't wet my hair. 
clean myself. He waited for me. We we walked back down the flight of stairs. We sat in a room. By the time all of that was over, I had been assigned a room. A big brother. A beautiful, tall brother. He was like a basketball player. I felt awkward in the lunchroom. Could have been more than 25 men and myself. I followed them around with my little booklet, went to every group. He was kind because he had to be. By the time night falls, I slept in the dorm room with about seven other guys and a bunk bed on the top. I did not know that I would be there nine months and my life would change. I would learn to play baseball all over again. I remember going to the field and they were picking each other to play and they didn't want to pick me. And when they did pick me and I hit that ball, they realized that I was one of them. I was a boy just like them because I only weighed 100 pounds, dark skin, wide nose, beautiful long hair. Very feminine little boy I was. Dainty, they called it. I found out I was just as boy as them. Weeks had gone by, I started to eat, gain a little weight, going to the gym every two weeks. You know, finding my way. Quickly my street sense kicked in and I had to adapt so no one would bother me. I could become a part of the team. Who would have thought being there after five months? Things would start to happen. We were being boys. I was working, making money, buying myself shoes from Payless. I found myself attracted to quite a few of them. Frightened to go out for weekends because I feared to use and drugs again. I really had nowhere to go. I was happy not leaving the house. But one night, laying in my bed, I believe I flirted just a little too hard. And one of the boys climbed into my bed. know if I wanted it to happen or not and it happened the code of morals and values they taught us made me feel extremely bad after he jumped out to bed 
climbed back to his bed. I got up and I sat in the hallway steps. I wanted it. He wanted it. We wanted it. So we were. But the guilt was eating up. Not the guilt that I turned him on, the guilt that we followed through with it. They knew that I turned him on and I misled him. The reality was he had family, he had a place to go and he would be all right. They knew that I wouldn't. That was my only shot. Or they knew that Deep CFS would take care of me as long as I stayed there. So there was me or him. And it was him they transferred. See, I always thought for years it was about the money. But it, oh, sorry, I thought for three years it was about me. But it wasn't really about who was financially be taken care of the longest. And that was me. Who was the greater risk going back into the street? That was me. Never thought two shits about this kid and what would happen to him and if he would make it. His family had money. them, he would survive. I didn't think so. It felt like crap for months. But I was selfish. And I wasn't going back to the street. So if it took me lying, I had to lie. But they knew the truth. So sitting on those steps and letting the night staff know what happened and not going back to my room. I was close to him. We were friends. We actually liked each other and we knew it. I think he crossed the line though. I never invited him in my bed, but I did want him there. I didn't stop him, but I wanted to stop him. I was afraid to stop him. So I laid there. It happened. As the day went on, I watched him pack. I watched him keep us separated and I watched the anger on his face. I never know what happened to him until years later, 
It was the 4th of July. And I was walking home and I heard this voice tell this story about what happened behind me. And I knew exactly who he was talking about and it was me. I kept walking and said nothing. He was with a girl and I was alone. The things he said were true. And I never looked back at him. After that, I've never heard from him for years. And I think that's what catapulted me to lying and thinking that everything would be okay all through my sobriety. There's many things to cover it up. I felt bad. Pray. Talk to God about it. But I still owe him an amends. Because that day changed his life and mine forever. Granted, my life has been amazing. But just one of the many lies that I had to live with for 30 years. One of those things that I caused harm. And it just kept going from there. Sex. Was it? I don't know, I slept with about three or four people after that. Got my own apartment. A couple of guys came over and hung out. We always did things like that. We were having sex with each other. Some I dared not to. Some we wanted to. Some I got in relationship with. We were long after, after, after being in treatment. So like I couldn't get anybody else. And these guys knew me. And that snowballed into so many different relationships. I don't know, I got comfortable with it. Hmm. Wasn't planning on talking about all of that. I got comfortable not knowing if I was uh, straight, gay, or bi. But sexually, I was satisfied.
I'll continue this one. Thank you for listening.